Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fan Sided Podcasting Network. Coming at you on Thursday, late Thursday, I might add, February 18th, 2021, and we are coming at you with a late episode because the Los Angeles Lakers just lost a really disappointing game to the Brooklyn Nets, Um, and by losing a really disappointing game, I mean the Lakers were pretty much shelled. Uh, 11-point difference isn't that much, but if you watch the game, you know that this game was not an 11-point game. It was much more than that. you know, as always, before we get into it, if you guys give us any support, you know, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, follow us, you know, so you can get any updates when we update new episodes and whatnot. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you would, you know, if you could do so, that would be awesome. Uh, we love all feedback, positive or negative. Any questions, comments, concerns you have, we will read on the podcast if appropriate. Um, and then just follow us on Twitter at The Lake Show Life. Uh, check out our website, you know, lakeshowlife.com for any articles and whatnot. Um, just bringing it all, bringing it writing, bringing it audio, bringing it over on social, um, just trying to, you know, produce a, a, a well-rounded experience for Lakers fans. Maybe we've got to get into the YouTube game. We're not quite there yet. Um, but this game. So it's fresh, uh, fresh off, you know, just ended about 30 minutes ago by the time I'm starting this recording. Um, and it's it stings a little. I mean, it is a regular season game, and I always tell people, you know, I, I'm a Dodger fan. People know this. Um I tell people, you know, don't overreact about regular season games. And the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, you know, if it's an ongoing trend, which we kind of might have are seeing a little bit with the Lakers with some of these games. Um, But if it's an ongoing trend, you know, that's when you should be concerned. This is one game. You know, the Clippers beat the Lakers both times last year, and then the Lakers won the last two, and then, you know, they didn't even have a meeting in the playoffs. Um, It doesn't matter. Regular season matchups, you throw them out the window during the playoffs. I mean, look, the Bucks, you know, beat the Lakers easily the first time around last year and then the Lakers went into you know and Lakers hosted them and then they beat them easily you know so it's one game it isn't anything to freak out about Anthony Davis obviously wasn't playing but neither was Kevin Durant um but that being said you know you can't watch this game and like what you saw by the Lakers by any means and I think it is important to know um you know first off LeBron James was phenomenal uh 32 8 and 7 uh 14 of 23 took 23 shots wasn't hitting from three one of six it didn't really matter that he wasn't hitting from three. He could have went three of six, and it, it honestly wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have changed the game. Um, but he was kind of doing everything, doing what LeBron does, kind of, you know, putting the team on his back, kind of reminiscent to those Cleveland Cavaliers days. Um, you know, not first Cavs stint, but like 20, uh, 2018, 2019, or 2018, I should say, after Kyrie. Um, this team's a lot better than those Cavs teams. But that's what it reminded me of because it was like LeBron was doing so much, and he looked really good. And then no one else was really doing anything. Um, I was really impressed, you know, honestly, with Kyle Kuzma. Um, Just the explosiveness he played with, the hustle plays he had, um, you know, getting to the rim. He made some shots, 2 of 5 from deep. 16 and 10 he went on the day with a steal and a block. Um, I am not been the nicest to Kyle Kuzma in the past, you know. And I've kind of criticized his game and whatnot. But I've he's really kind of turned a corner these last few games. And obviously they have to do more. He has to do more, I should say before I fully buy in but players do kind of have a moment where you see it where a light switches and they take it to the next level I mean I think of Jason Tatum last year he had that you know double overtime Clippers game and then he had that stretch where he was averaging like 35 Um, there's just a moment where they hit the next level now Kuzma's not on Jason Tatum level but Tatum hit that next level 
maybe Kuzma hit that next level and maybe he could be a legitimate, you know, maybe not a third like star, but just a third guy. Who knows? Um, I still have to see a lot more before I buy into that, though. I by no means want to fully, you know, buy into Kuzma stock because we've seen this before. And then, you know, he kind of has his duds, um, but he's playing with high energy, you know, great defense, not great defense, but, you know, good defense, good effort, great effort, I should say, on the defensive end. And I was really impressed with him tonight. Besides him, you know, I, I mean, I wasn't really impressed with anyone else. Um, Marcus Saul was a little bit better than he normally is. You know, he was good defensively, scored eight points, only three boards, uh, one of which was like a deep kickout board that he kind of was lucky to get. Three assists, two steals. He was okay. He's kind of, you know what you're going to get out of Gasol, and that's exactly what you got in his 24 minutes. Wes Matthews, um, 20 minutes, excuse me. Wes Matthews played 24. He came up limping a little bit, um, got taken out of the game. He only had two points, uh, oh, two behind the arc. Again, didn't really do much. Um, KCP, which is something important to talk about. One from five for deep, nine points, uh, three of eight on the field, three turnovers. And the Lakers, you know, this game, if you look at it, they shot, what was it, eight of 30? Eight of 30 from beyond the arc. One of one was uh, Alfonso McKinney in garbage time. So eight of 30, 26%. That's not good. Um, And the Lakers are not a three-point heavy team, and they don't need to be. I mean, when Anthony Davis is playing, obviously it's a much different team. Uh, you don't have to be a super three-point heavy team. Um, and Anthony Davis also helps open the floor as well, just having that presence inside. But the shooting is not as good as it needs to be at this point. You know, we saw how hot KCP was, and he's come back down to earth tremendously. Uh, Wes Matthews could shoot better. Dennis Schroeder, um, who also didn't play in this game, I should have mentioned. I should have mentioned that off the top. You know, they were missing Schroeder and uh, Anthony Davis. That's big. You know, he's not shooting great. Um, and it's just, they don't have that like lights out three point shooter. I, I, I just don't see it. You know, there's guys here and there that could step up, but I really think they would benefit from having that guy. Now, is that guy available on the market on the trade deadline? I mean, I don't know. It depends how it, you know, pans out. JJ Reddick is not that guy. They are not going to trade for JJ Reddick. Um, but you know, they just need, I think they need more shooting personally, more three point, at least that one shooter, or they need someone to step up. Now, maybe that's Schroeder when he plays, um, and they really missed his presence tonight. Don't get me wrong. LeBron had to do a lot, and they just missed that kind of, you know, that, that attacking presence, you know, from the backcourt, especially coming up against a backcourt that's not great defensively. Um, the Lakers could have done more, obviously. They only scored 98 points against a not great defensive team, and I bet you they would have done more, excuse me, if Schroeder, you know, was playing. Um, not having him hurts. It hurts a lot. Um, but you know, it hurts not having Anthony Davis, but also hurts not having Kevin Durant and Spencer Dinwiddie. Both teams were dealing with injuries, you know, um, off the bench again, very little production. Uh, Markeith Morris, who's my guy, didn't make a shot, zero points, didn't really do anything. Uh, Kasich was garbage time. Dudley McKinney, all garbage time. Trez was, he was okay. I mean, he scored 10 points. He kind of had a little spurt there. I think where he had like four or six, you know, straight points, um, defensively wasn't great. Uh, wasn't terrible either. Had a minus 19. Again, plus minus isn't always, you know, the most reliable thing. Uh, I liked Alex Crusoe's, you know, 26 minutes defensively. Offensively, he could have done a bit more. One from five, 0 for one from deep. And kind of like, honestly, when, you know, he got the ball in his hands, was kind of being a little bit of a, of a, not a ball stopper, but it just seemed to kill the momentum and the, the kind of the, the vibe of the offensive sets at times. Um, but that happens, you know. I remember there was one play in specific where LeBron hit him cut into the rim. And it was a little bit of a bad pass, but Caruso should have got the lane and he overran the basket and then had to kick it back out. They had a reset. And I don't think they scored on that possession. Um, if they did, I'm going to look dumb, but that's not the first time. So he could be better though. THT, you know, again, not fantastic. Three of nine from the field. He made all three of his free throws. You know, he kind of, he was okay, but he's, 
not hitting his three-point shots, and he's kind of got the same move. You know, the right, the right-handed. You know, get to the basket and you know try to you know the layup and whatnot. Um, he'll develop more as his game goes on. He's still very young, but you know the Lakers are worried about winning now and the future, of course. But right now they're winning about worried about winning now. So the supporting cast had a really bad game. Again, no AD, no Schroeder. That is important. LeBron was great, but. The role players, the depth that we tout so much, myself included, just didn't step up. And then we look at Brooklyn, where, you know, I think the Lakers have much better depth than the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, again, not true, not having Schroeder Hurts, but I think they have much better depth. And the depth in Brooklyn just played much better. Um, Joe Harris was lights out from me on the arc. He made six of seven. Um, Timothy Luau Kabari, I can't pronounce his name. They said it on the broadcast, and I'm just... The listeners of Lake Show Life know I am terrible with last names. Uh, five for eight. He scored 15, all three-pointers. Um, Landry Schmidt, two of three. He made his two threes. And they just they couldn't really miss from beyond the arc. They shot 46%, 18 of 39. And you look at it, they went 38 of 77 for 49% from the field. Lakers, 40 of 83. Very similar, 48.2%. And it was the three-point difference. Uh, the Nets took only nine took nine more threes, but they made 10 more. Um and, you know, that's important. Uh, and that's that's a big swing. Ten more threes, that's 30 points. Uh, if they miss five of those, you know, that's 15. Who knows how this game goes? Maybe the Lakers win. And that was really it. You know, the role players stepped up, and they were hitting from deep. Uh, James Harden played played a relatively good game, kind of being the facilitator and whatnot. Kyrie didn't really even do much. That's the thing about this game that interests me a lot. If you would have told me, you know, Kyrie and James Harden only had a combined 39, I would have been like, okay, the Lakers win easy. But that wasn't the case. You know, the the Nets only scored 109. I thought the Lakers could have easily outscored that. I had the Nets scoring 111 um, in my game prediction. I believe I had it 117-111. I thought the Lakers were really going to pick apart this defense, and they just didn't, and that hurts. Um, and, again, it's because of the role players. If they hit some shots and some moments, the game would have swung and whatnot. But it was just it was too many bricks, too many, too many turnovers. Um, you look at it from the, you know, just on the surface, they had 15, 14, 16 turnovers. Nets had 14. Uh, which it's only a two turnover difference. That's not terrible. But the Lakers also allowed 25 points off of turnovers opposed to 14 the Lakers scored. That's 11 point difference. The Lakers lost by 11. The Lakers are not great this season in defending off of turnovers and in fast break in those situations. They are a slow paced team and that hurts them at times. And it hurt them in this game. Um, they only had seven fast break points. Ironically, the Nets only had seven fast break points. So, I mean, I don't know how much, what the exact criteria is, but you know, obviously the, the turnover difference is a big reason, you know, the point difference, I should say, with similar turnovers. Assists, you look at everything, and everything's really similar. The Lakers rebounded the same, more offensive rebounds. Uh, their free throw percentage was better. They they didn't get to the line as much, but, you know, they five-point difference in free throws. Again, field goal percentage. Points in the paint, they dominated. Fast break, again, the same. Blocks around the same. Steals around the same. Assists around the same. And it was just that three-point shooting. And that makes a difference. Now, is every team going to be able to shoot like this, you know, every single game? No. But at the same time, are the Nets going to be able to be close to this, if not get this, when Kevin Durant is playing? Yeah, probably. You know, Kevin Durant is lethal. Um, and when Schroeder plays, you know, maybe we get some better, you know, perimeter defense. But it's interesting. I They need another wing. As much as Kuzma stepped it up in his defensive efforts, I still don't like him as an off-ball defender. And when Wes Matthews is getting hurt and, you know, he's kind of hit or miss at times, like they need another wing that can just kind of provide length and get in guys' faces. I don't think that's Markeith. I don't think Kuzma's a great wing. You know, Schroeder's a little undersized to be a wing. Caruso's really their only wing. I mean, THT kind of, but he's, again, young and inexperienced. How's he going to do in the playoffs? KCP's okay, but not fantastic. Like, they just don't have that lockdown wing. And I guess you could say they, 
I mean, they had Danny Green last year, um, who's wasn't even that great defensively, but had, was experienced and could play some good defense. I still really like Caruso. I think this team underperformed defensively tonight, but I do think they could use a wing and they could use a three and D guy, just one three and D guy who should probably just get Markeith Morris's minutes. If we're being honest, Morris isn't really adding anything new to the team, especially with Kuzma stepping up. And I love Markeith. I'm a huge Markeith guy, but they really only need him for depth at this point, you know, with Gasol, Kuzma, AD, um, Harold. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, did I say Gasol? I think I did. They don't really, uh, they don't need him. You know, he's playing 10 to 15 minutes a game. Like give that to a three and D wing if you can get him. And I think the Lakers would be in a much better shape. So it was an ugly game, and is it something to be overly concerned about losing one game to the Brooklyn Nets? No. The one thing I did want to bring up, and I had it in front of me, and now I don't have it anymore. The Lakers are not playing great basketball against winning basketball teams. They're something like 2-6 and six against teams above 500. Um, this is terrible, obviously, because I don't have it up and, you know, terribly unprepared. But it's no secret that they haven't been playing great against, you know, teams better than 500. Whereas the Nets have been beating teams over 500. And yeah, they've dropped the occasional ugly game to, you know, bad teams. But beating good teams is really important. And if this trend continues, the sample size is way too small. And again, we should have all expected the Lakers to kind of start off slow. Um, I It was unrealistic to, you know, and they're still 22-8. and eight. That's still a very, very good record. But it was unrealistic to expect them to be, you know, 27-3 and three or whatever. Um but if they keep this trend up of losing to these good basketball teams, they lost to the Clippers, they lost to the Nets, they lost to the Sixers, uh, they beat the Bucks, they lost recently to the Nuggets, they beat them the first time around. This time they didn't have AD or, you know, AD got hurt, I should say, only played, what, 13, 14 minutes. Um, but they have to play better against winning baseball uh, basketball teams, excuse me. And until they do that, you know, if it continues, I think we should start concer- being concerned a little bit, especially because, and I made this argument against the Clippers last year, and I, it is fair to make it to the Lakers, like, they got a mesh. They have four significant new players on this team. Wes Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Gasol, and uh, Montrezl Harrell. They have to mesh. Last year's Lakers had fantastic chemistry. And, you know, it really helped them in the playoffs, especially in the bubble situation. This team has to mesh. This team has to get some, some great wins under their belt, quite frankly, I think. And, you know, get some momentum going. Again, not having AD is huge. Not having Schroeder is huge. But... I still think they should be playing better basketball than they did tonight, Thursday, February the 18th. It was not a pretty game. The 11 point difference is, um, it it hides how much of, you know, a blowout this game was. The Lakers were really out of it the whole time. I mean, they started down the, the deficit just grew and grew. And then it was just like done. You know, they never really, they cut it here and there, but once the, the nets were up, they were up. The Lakers never really got back into it. They just, they couldn't get anything going. You know, LeBron would have these spurts and, you know, Kuzma, you know, making shots and whatnot. But they couldn't get anything sustained. And then, you know, there was that one stretch, I believe, in the second quarter. They had four points in, like, five minutes. Um, it was terrible. And then, whereas the Nets, they were hitting their shots when they needed to hit them. And it is what it is. Now, I hope they get it back next time they play the Nets. I hope Anthony Davis is healthy and can play. They have to be as cautious as they can with him. It's stupid to rush him back, especially if you're just overreacting from a loss like this. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I do want to see the Lakers um, improve against 500 teams and maybe something that could help them improve is a trade target. You know, obviously the trade deadlines coming up, there's rumors and whatnot and a new rumor that's, you know, come into play. There's the Blake Griffin rumors, which I would like to see Griffin kind of make up Markeith Morris's minutes. That would be interesting. Um, maybe take a little bit of minutes from Gasol. I don't know where else he would get his minutes. I think that could be really interesting. I don't know how 
well if it makes the Lakers that much better just because Blake Griffin's not playing that great at basketball this year. Um, one intriguing name, though, that is actually seeing like seeming like a realistic possibility if the Lakers are interested, as the reports are saying, are Mo Bamba. Is Mo Bamba, I should say. Um, it, we wrote an article, Reasons For and Against Trading for Mo Bamba, and I kind of wanted to break that down in the podcast to wrap it up so it wasn't too short talking about the Nets game. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped hooked us up. They sent us their perfect package 3.0. Uh, you know, all of us at the Fansided Podcasting Network, it is highlighted by their uh, Lawnmower Trimmer 3.0, their third version of the Lawnmower Trimmer. It's fantastic. I've tried it out. You know, it's got the LED light, waterproof. You know, you can use it in the shower, whatnot. Uh, they have a little razor guard that you could put on it so you don't cut yourself, doesn't get too close. You know, for those close calls for someone like me who, you know, like my dad says, sometimes doesn't pay attention to details. Um, and they have a bunch of other stuff. You know, they have some some ball, uh, ball deodorizer and a, I believe it's called the Crop Duster. Yes, and the Crop Preserver. Um, crop reviver, not crop duster, <laughs> crop reviver. Um, Manscaped's going to love that. You know, that's freshen it up down there. Uh, they also sent us, you know, some underwear, a t-shirt. It's fantastic products. I've tried them all out. You guys need to try them all out. And, you know, lucky for you, Manscaped wanted to hook you guys up like they hooked us up. So if you go over to manscaped.com, use the promo code fansided 20 you can actually get free shipping and 20% off of your purchase. So that's right. Go to manscaped.com, use the code fansided 20 F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D-2-0, not spelled out 20, at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Uh, hook yourself up. You know, get yourself Valentine's Day's past. Just treat yourself a little. Maybe you got a gift card. Maybe you got a Visa gift card from your girl. You know, treat yourself um, or maybe you are a girl and you need to clean up down there too. You know, it's manscaped, but who says it can't be womanscaped as well? I just came up with that. Um, unlock your confidence, manscaped.com. Check them out. Mo Bamba reports that the Lakers are reportedly interested. So this started Zach Buckley on Bleacher Report did a one surprise, you know, trade target for all 30, uh, NBA teams. And, you know, that kind of started it. Our own Jonathan Kernan, Kiernan, Jonathan's going to kill me if I pronounce his name wrong. Um, he wrote a piece about, you know, some potential trades. He listed Mo Bamba around the same time. I don't know if Jonathan saw, um, you know, Zach Buckley's piece or if he just kind of looked at it as a fit. So he wanted to include it as well. But, you know, we kind of added to the conversation inadvertently as well. And now, you know, it's reported that the Lakers reportedly have some interest in him, which wouldn't surprise me. You know, I don't know what kind of insider, you know, what kind of sources Zach Buckley has and whatnot. But... If it was being mentioned, you know, and obviously reporters are going to see that and ask around, like, there's where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So Mark Ber Mark Berman of the New York Post reported that they are interested in him. Excuse me, CBS Sports is playing an autoplay video. They are potentially interested in him, and that is an interesting fit because obviously AD's out. They said they'll reevaluate him in two to three weeks. He really should be sitting four to five weeks, if we're being honest, at the very least. You have to be as cautious as possible. Just get him to the playoffs 100%. You don't want to turn this into an 18-month injury. Um, so with him out and Marcus Gasol playing little minutes and not really having that traditional second big, like you could make the case, and we've been making it all year that they need that traditional second big. Now you could bring in someone like Mo Bamba, get the minutes that Markeith Morris is getting, and kind of you know bank on the potential of Mo Bamba. Um, now, I like this this situation for the Lakers because you look at it. Mo Bamba's very young, but he's also not playing in Orlando. He's getting, what, eight minutes a game. Uh, he's played 13 games, eight minutes a game. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, excuse me, um, he's their starting center. He's got a big contract. He's under contract for another two years. That's important. Um, Ken Birch is getting more playing time than Mo Bamba as well. So he's kind of blocked, and he's only got one more year left on his deal after this year before he's a, a restricted free agent. 
And, like, when is he going to get playing time? Is he going to suddenly get much more playing time, you know, next year? And he's been getting less and less playing time every year of his career. So this could be a case of the Magic not liking what they're seeing. We've seen, you know, centers this early that got picked this early in the draft. He was the sixth overall pick. Kind of just not pan out and get traded like a Jaleel Okafor. Um, so I could see the Magic, if they don't like what they're seeing with Mo Bamba, they just don't have a path to get him playing time to develop his game, might as well trade him now while the potential is there so you can get something in return. If you wait too long, you're not going to get anything from Mo Bamba. You're going to get a second-round pick and a G League guy. Right now, you could get something. So for that reason, the Magic, I think, should be interested in trading Mo Bamba. Now, for the Lakers, it makes sense. You can get this backup big who you really only need in like an emergency situation and to give depth off the bench in the regular season just to keep guys fresh. Um, but in like the playoffs or in high leverage games, you only really need them if Marcus Gasol gets hurt or gets in foul trouble and you need that second big to play, you know, minutes. They can survive with Harrell coming off the bench, Gasol at 20 and whatnot. But to, you know, prevent a terrible mismatch and not having any rim protector if that happens to Gasol, um, that's the role he would play, you know, so they're not expecting too much out of him. Um, but he can also grow as a player. Playing behind Marcus Gasol, Marcus Gasol is one of the you know best veteran centers in the game. He's going to teach him some things. Anthony Davis is going to teach him some things. Um, and the Lakers' player development is just fantastic. There's no surprise. There's no secret that they've just developed player after player after player. Late first round picks, second round picks, even undrafted guys like Alex Caruso, uh, you know, THT second round pick, uh, Kuzma's a late first, Jordan Clarkson, fantastic. Um, just all these guys, you know, they got a great eye for talent. They got great p- player development. You know, Thomas Bryan even is an example. So they could develop his game. Uh, Ivica Zubac, I'm just rattling off names. Uh, develop his game, make him better. So I like the youth because you could play him this year, give him a little bit of a bigger role next year. And if all pans out, you know, you could re-sign him. He's still not going to get a huge contract, even if he looks good next year. He's not going to take that big of a jump. And then he's your center post-Mark Gasol. And you could bring in another veteran for depth. But you're setting yourself up this early for that that next option. And he has potential. You know, he is a good rim protector. He is a good rebounder, um, at least has the potential to be a really good rebounder. Hasn't quite come to fruition in the league. Um, you know, but he's still, you know, his per 36 minutes are, you know, are good, you know, comparable to like Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee from the last few years. Over his career, he's 14.1 points, 12 boards, 3.3 blocks per 36, <clears throat> comparable to Dwight and JaVale, like I said. And it, it just seems to make perfect sense. It's a, you know, a, a low risk, high reward move. And that gives them something now and could give them something in the future for a team in the Magic who might just want to trade them now. The problem is, as good as this looks on paper, and the reason why I ultimately don't think it's going to happen, is the Los Angeles Lakers are going to have to trade Taylor Horton Tucker. That, that is just ha- Some other team is going to have something better. The Lakers are not going to get Mo Bamba for Jared Dudley, uh, Devonta Kasich, you know, elevated, um, and Quinn Cook to make the salaries match, whatever. I don't know if that works off the top of my head. Um, they're going to need a second round pick. They're going to need more than that to get Mobamba because there should be at least one or two other teams that could offer a little bit more, especially because the magic don't necessarily have to deal them. They could just hold on to the potential. Like why would they trade the potential for no real potential in return? Unless they really like Kasich, but I would rather have Mobamba than Kasich. Obviously I'm making the case for Mamba to come to LA when Kasich's already on the team and could provide the same thing, you know, theoretically. Um, so they have to add more. They're not trading Caruso. He's a free agent after the year. The Magic aren't going to want to get a free agent, and you just can't lose this perimeter defense. Jonathan talked about trading Wes Matthews for Mo Bamba. Um, all respect to Jonathan. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think, again, if you put Wes Matthews in someone else, sure, but the Magic are in no place to contend. So there's no reason – excuse me. There's no reason to 
trade for a role player that'll help him contend this year and not really help, you know, in the future being on a one-year deal. Um, and they're only going to getting a second on top of that. Like might as well just trade for Kasich. You know, I'd rather have Kasich in the second than Wes Matthews in the second personally. If, in the situation that the Magic are in, of course. Um, so it, it's got to be THT. You know, they're not going to trade Kuzma. It's got to be THT. And so you're trading one young player with potential for another young player with potential. And you could make the case. So if the Lakers do this, if they trade THT to Mo Bamba, first Laker fans would be pissed. I could see it happening in under one circumstance. And that is if the Lakers, you know, it was rumored that THT is going to get a poison pill offer sheet in, you know, the off season, which is something the Lakers would have a lot of problems matching might not be able to match it, could lose THT, quite frankly. If they think that's going to happen and they think he's gone, like they're kind of screwed, I could see them trading him because they know he's going to be gone after the year anyways, get one more year of the potential of Mo Bamba, and then hopefully be able to extend him. So you're trading potential for more potential. In the playoffs, THT probably won't play much. If he does, it's going to be very little. Um, so you're not really losing too much this year, and you're getting something you need this year as well. Um, and again, that's if you don't think you're going to get THT back. The thing is, I think the Lakers really like THT, and I think Rob Plinka savvy, and he will find a way to make it work to get THT back. And you just you don't who knows if he even gets that poison pill offer. Um, he very well might not even get it. And they could do things salary wise to make it work. Like I said, Rob Plinka. So that's I, that's why I don't think it's going to happen. But if Plinka is having his doubts, he doesn't think he's going to get THT back. Then yeah, sure, trade him for Mobamba. Why not? You know. THT isn't going to swing a NBA Finals, you know, this year, and Mobamba potentially could come in and do something to improve the team. One more year of potential could be the long-term starting center. I don't think it's going to happen. I personally wouldn't trade THT for Mobamba unless I know 100% for certain he's not returning, which you don't, you can't really know that at this point. So for that reason, I don't think the Mobamba trade is going to happen. They have veterans they could try to pursue. Robin Lopez, I think, is a great buyout option in Washington that could provide depth at the center position. Um, some other lesser trade guys that we've, you know, outlined on the Lake Show Life, you know, website. Uh, Robin Lopez really is the first one that jumps out to me. Um, Javel McGee, if he gets traded and then bought out or whatever, but that's probably not going to happen. So for that reason, I don't think Mo Bamba is going to get traded. And I know it's kind of boring to rain on the parade, but I love it on paper. I think it's a fantastic situation for the Lakers and something they definitely should be interested in checking in on, and that's why, you know, they're reportedly interested. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to trade for him, but maybe they're just checking in. You know, maybe they'll see if they can get him for less than THT, and if they do, that's fantastic. Um, but for the time being, I just don't see a trade happening without THT, and the Magic really shouldn't accept anything less than THT from the Los Angeles Lakers. So for that reason, I don't think Mo Bama's going to come to the Lakers, and they're going to have to look elsewhere, and they're going to ho have to hope to play better basketball against winning teams because – I would hate to see the potential of this team kind of go to waste in the playoffs against, you know, once they're facing the, the cream of the crop. Now, once Anthony Davis gets back, Schroeder plays, you know, they'll be just fine. They're still 22-8. Don't panic. I want to wrap up by saying that. Don't panic. Yes, they've played close games against bad teams. Don't panic. It's the regular season. I bet you, you don't remember the four-game losing streak from last season because they won the NBA title. All that matters is if they show up in the summer um, and be the better playoff team. And with LeBron James... Um, leading the way, you know, they obviously have a huge advantage and you kind of can't, can't kind of can't doubt LeBron at this point in his career. Um, yeah, he's fallen short in the finals and whatnot, but he's like Tom Brady. He's just, you can't, you can't count him out ever. Um, and they're not always going to have these terrible games from their role players. So I'm looking forward to the next matchup. It hasn't been announced yet because they've only done half the season. Uh, the Lakers upcoming schedule 
is this weekend they play the Miami Heat finals rematch. Uh, purple and gold players. I'm going to leave it out. I'm gonna, I do it every episode. I'm going to leave it out today. Just, you know, keep people interested. Keep them fresh. Um, I don't want to overdo it. Um, but I will be back over the weekend on Sunday after that Heat game to talk about that. Also talk about the upcoming Wizards and potentially Jazz game. Unless I do a po- – no, I'll talk about both of those. Mostly the Jazz game, the Wizards game, whatever. Um, because I did say the Jazz are no threats to the Lakers in the playoff series. So I, I got to touch on that again. Um, and then we got the Blazers the Warriors, the Suns, the Kings in the second half of the season. So they got the Heat underperforming this year, should beat them, but you never know on Saturday. Got the Jazz. Blazers are a good team. Warriors are a decent team. Suns are a good team. So they kind of got a a, a decent stretch to either flip the script and beat some good teams, or if they lose these games, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, don't don't expect this to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if they lose to the Heat, Jazz, Blazers, Warriors, and Suns, if they somehow go 0-5, in all those games, even without AD, like then you should panic. That is when I will hit the panic button. Is that going to happen? No. Even without AD, they are not going to go 0-5. I won't even panic if it's 1-4. But if it is 0-5, they can't win a single one of those games without AD. That's a problem. That's not going to happen. Lakers will be just fine. Um, against the Heat at home, Saturday, 5.30. Tune in. We're going to be talking about it afterwards. And in the meantime, guys, just stay safe. Have a great weekend. Have a great Friday. Um, stay safe this weekend. Go Lakers. Every day, every day, like that mic and now I'm